Welcome to theartofmoneysaving.com and today we're going to be discussing how do I manage money in a relationship. We're going to be touching on topics such as the importance of communication, disclosing your debt, joint bank accounts and cohabiting before marriage. So if any of that sounds vaguely intriguing, then do keep on listening. Welcome to the Art of Money Saving, a safe space for finance geeks to discuss personal finance. Whether you're on the cusp of being mortgage-free or rejoicing that you've sourced an outrageous 50 pence bargain, we all need a place where we can celebrate these victories. And now, over to your host, Joshua Owen Mills. So we're going to begin by speaking about the importance of communication when it comes to marriage. But before it gets to marriage, of course, we have a period of dating. And I think it's very important to begin your financial discussions fairly early on. Now, I'm not saying that that's on the first date, but there was one funny story when it comes to this particular subject, which I'd like to share with you. On the Dave Ramsey show early last week, I was watching a very funny video and Dave was interviewing a guest who was speaking about a date that he went on and he'd already dated a, a young lady and had a nice experience and they were planning date two. And the lady asked to go to a specific restaurant where the meal, I think, was costing up to $500. And he he was happy to do it in a month's time when he could save up to do so. But at the moment, it wasn't within his month's budget. And he explained then that he didn't really hear from her ever again. And this was kind of a revelation for him because it goes to show that they were clearly not on the same page when it came to finances. And I think this is a very funny but important lesson about actually how at the very beginning stages, even in the first or second date, you get an idea of whether this person is compatible. And as Dave said, you know, if it's someone that's going to need constant spending and constant gifts and constant going out, and that's not something that's important to you and your own financial health, then it's probably not going to work out in the long term. So it's in, an important thing to consider. One of the other things which can become quite common is the the feeling of shame when it comes to debt. And sometimes you hear of couples that have got married and haven't disclosed their debt to each other. So upon getting married, either the husband or wife finds out that they are in much more severe debt than they had ever imagined to be and I do think that that is a a case of financial infidelity of course we have to understand and be sympathetic but it's really important that we are as honest as we can be and disclose the information and I really encourage you there are so many really great books out there speaking about relationships and finances and how to have these conversations well in advance before moving in together before proposing before getting married because you need to be having these very important conversations the thing you have to consider when getting married is that your finances are no longer your own so one wonderful podcast i listened to discussed how a wife was living a debt-free life and uh, she married a husband who had debt and she She spoke about how that went from being his debt to our debt. And I think that's a really wonderful 
way of looking at it and 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 credits to to the wife i think it's it's not not an easy situation to i think she'd paid off all of her debt and she was going back into debt and that's that's a very tricky situation but disclosing the information knowledge is power and disclosing the information is very important for the partnership to thrive we also have to remember that finances is one of the biggest causes of divorce and financial bickering troubles arguing it's very very common because essentially what you're doing is you are joining two people who have lived very individualistic lives up until this point and putting them together and saying what's mine is yours and often the solution can go go one of two ways and some people can decide well actually what's mine is still mine uh, i'll do this you do that and let's keep things as separate as we can and i want to go and delve into that a little bit more to discuss why i don't think that's a great idea now of course there are some some couples that do this and and have successful marriages and uh, kudos to them but i do really think there's a strong case to advise not to do that and i'm going to jump in first with speaking about joint bank accounts now a disclaimer i am not yet married <laughs> i think that's quite important to say but as i've been reading literature and kind of practicing this out in real life it's something i've been thinking very very carefully about and the more that i read the more that i learn and when i when i see people saying that they get married and they are happy to keep their finances completely separate that somehow really bothers me and i do think that it's becoming much more common to have this individualistic kind of single single life mentality when you're going into marriage and i just think it can be deeply troubling for your marriage and for your relationship in in general now i'm someone that's had very uh, keep a very close eye on my finances and i have for the last 10 years and i've done very well with that and and it's scary for sure to to introduce someone into my my well-oiled machine <laughs> is very daunting because i have systems in place i have i invest i have clear ideas about what i want to do in my life and what i think my financial goals are but I have to respect by bringing someone else into the relationship, into my life. There has to be a compromise. And one podcaster made a very, very good point, which has stuck with me for a long time. And they said, well, think about couples which you admire in your life. So just take a, take a moment to think who that person is. I have a few people in mind. And they then asked this question. Do you think that couple come to marriage with the mentality of we have separated our finances and we do things individualistically and in my case that's a resounding no the couples that i most admire and think that they're really working on their marriage and they're doing a great job at serving and loving one another are those that are spending time together they're being open and honest and communicating and financially too they are on the same page it's not about who out earns the other or if one earns more than the other that, that doesn't matter regardless because they are both a team 
and they're working and striving together for the same goals. If anything, I've had more negative examples in my life about how married couples have controlled their finances. I've had more experiences of couples saying, no, we're going to be completely separate in what we do and only align on this particular issue. And, well, let me just say those couples are no longer together. (laughs) So the thing to consider with joint accounts is that there are two ways to go, really. Are you going to join everything completely together, have one account where all the bills, all of the salaries go in, or are you going to just create a joint account where household bills and things come out of and you have still your own independent accounts? Now, I think this really depends on on the couple. I do think that if you are separating the finances in some way, it's probably more difficult to get on the same page and there is a chance of more kind of financial infidelity. That said, sometimes ignorance is bliss and if there are things that your partner is spending money on that bothers you, sometimes it's better to not know that that's happening. But again, I think that comes down to the core issue of communication. If If something is bothering you, then you should hash that out and speak to your partner about it. I think that's a much better solution than just simply having separate accounts. I think having a completely joint account is a great way of really striving 100% towards your long-term goals because you're able to see exactly what's coming in, what's going out, and really ask each other and meet with each other on a regular basis once a month and think, right, how are we doing with our finances? Where, what have we spent on? What can we do better? What do we need to loosen up a little bit? Where do we need to be more flexible? These are really, really important questions to ask. And I think if you're looking at three sets of accounts, that maybe becomes a bit more difficult. And I've really surprised myself with this kind of revelation in the way that I've thought because simply by reading the relationship books and I, I'm, I'm just very convinced that to get married you have to accept that this is a long-term partnership. You're not living the single life anymore and you are having to compromise with someone and I'm really kind of up for it. Now I wanted to touch on the idea of cohabitation, so living together before getting married and perhaps for most of you that sounds like quite a strange thing to chat about because so many people are simply living together before marriage these days and it's just part of the norm for me i like to go about my life a little bit differently came across this very interesting article and it's entitled nine things you should know about cohabitation in america So, of course, this is an American study, so let's keep that in mind. It's the research is done from the Pew Research Center. And I'm going to read out just a few little excerpts from this study. Roughly half of Americans, 48%, say that compared with couples who don't live together before marriage, couples who do live together have a better chance of having a successful marriage. But the research shows the opposite is true. While living together before marriage is associated with lower odds of divorce in the first year of marriage, cohabitation increases the odds of divorce in all other years. Those who go straight into marriage without living together have a bigger immediate shock to negotiate after marriage and as a result have short-term increased risks that's greater than already living together, family scholar Scott Stanley says. 
But that's short term, and the risk remains long term. Overall, cohabiting couples who marry are about 33% more likely to get divorced than couples who do not, oh, who, who did not live together before marriage. Something I often hear about couples that are cohabiting together, regardless of whether they're interested in personal finance or not, is one of the reasons that they cohabit is for living costs to live a cheaper existence. You have only one set of rent to pay, not two, and everyone gets very excited about the saving. I think it's quite interesting to look at these cohabiting studies to show another another side of it, another thing to consider. So this is also from the study, and it says cohabiting adults report much lower levels of relationship stability than do married adults. Married adults also express higher levels of satisfaction with their relationship and are more likely than those who are cohabiting to express a great deal of trust in their spouse or partner as being faithful to them, will act in their best interests, always tell the truth, and will handle money responsibly. Additionally, married adults are much more likely than cohabitors to say they feel closer to their spouse or partner than to any other adult. About 8 in 10 married adults, 78%, say they feel closer to their spouse than any other adult in their life, compared to a mere majority, 55%, who say the same about their cohabiting partner. Subscribe now. If you're in a position where you're cohabiting with your girlfriend or boyfriend, you're living together. Great. But does that mean that your finances are together? Is that the right thing to do? I would argue not. I think that's best saved until marriage. But it's interesting that if you start living together and start in a place where you're not sharing your finances or not on the same page with your finances or not having the conversations, then if you do get to a point when you do get married, what's going to change? Why would you want to change if you've already been living under this system where you're both fairly independent and you're happy with the arrangement of how things things are going? What's interesting about me for this research is it, it confirms to me, whilst I'm deeply uncomfortable with the idea of completely going full on in, sharing everything, everything, <laughs> That, I think, is the way to go. You're not mixing and matching. Every step has a purpose. You're moving towards a goal, and the goal is marriage. And when you're married, what's mine is yours. I know I've said that a few times already. Ramsey talks a lot about being weird people. We need to go against the grain. We need to be different. Because, simply, the way that people are doing it at the moment is not ending well. We have highest levels of divorce rates that we've ever seen before. Marriage is not going well. And it's not going well because of num- numerous reasons. But one of the reasons, one of the biggest reasons, is because we don't agree on our money. But if you're not in a position to do that yet and you are single, then what about you? I was single for a long time in my 20s and it was a really wonderful time for independence but also for building my wealth. I was able to work as many hours as I wanted. I was able to travel to go to different jobs. I made a huge amount of progress in my 20s. But things change in your 30s. Maybe you're looking to buy your first home. Maybe you're looking to start a family. And priorities begin to change. But in your 20s, you're able, potentially, to focus everything on really 
building wealth, finding what you do best. It's not all about the money, of course. It's about finding your, your skills and your purpose. But my encouragement to you, if you are someone that's single and you're thinking about these kind of things, well, well done to you. I think it's great that you're taking this seriously and listening to relationship podcasts and, you know, learn about the subject, read books, speak to people, figure out what's important to you, listen to couples that are re- you think are really getting it right and ask them, you know, what, what did you do? How, how do you organize your finances? Speak to real people, get real advice. And I've, I've been doing that for, for a long time now. And what's, what's wonderful for me is I've got to a point now where I have a clear idea of what ideals are important to me going, going forward. And I've been able to clearly communicate that to the people in my life. And I urge you to do the same. I hope that you're able to do the same. But equally, if you're here and, for example, particularly with the cohabiting idea, if that is like alien language for you, then don't worry too much. I mean, <laughs> you you are in the majority and I respect your position. I respect that you want to do things your way. Well done for making it through. <laughs> and I think it's good. It's a good thing to listen to people who don't always agree with with what you're doing in your life and that's been the case for me. I'm very interested to hear what other people's opinions are. I'm coming to create my own. It's not set in stone by, by any stretch of the imagination. It's important to be flexible with your goals. But the more that I read, the more that I learn, I'm convinced that I want to get on the same page with my partner about my finances and move towards long-term financial goals. Invest together grow together not only financially but spiritually and and in in love developing love with you all of these things are super important and being on the, the same page on the same team i think that's a winning combination and i i'm convinced that doing it as a team is better than doing it as individuals thanks for tuning in to the art of money saving we love being able to share our passion for personal finance with our listeners Drop us a line on Instagram and YouTube and let's keep this conversation going. Until next time.